Amen. Come on, come on. Well, your pastor loves you too, and I love you, but I'm here this morning to bring a difficult word. Uh, so he'll be back next week to love on you. This week, just get ready. Pull your toes up under, you know, because I might step on him a little. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about something. You know, Pastor Owen and I were, were talking a few days back, and probably a couple weeks ago, actually, and we were talking about something that I see. I was coming to him and saying, hey, man, I, I just see this problem with people running to you, to me, to the pastors when they ought to be running to the other person. And can I talk about that? And he said, sure. You know, and I didn't know I was going to preach. He actually came in and said, you're going to preach on that, and here's when. And, yeah, so that's just a word of caution. If you don't want to preach about something, don't go to Pastor Owen and tell him you got a word. But I'm happy to preach this morning. So I want to talk to you just, I titled this Biblical Conflict Resolution. I didn't know what else to title it, but what I see is um, there's just, there is a lack of power in the church of Jesus Christ sometimes. Amen? And we know it's there. You read it. Do you ever read Acts and go like, where is that? Why do we not experience that today? Well, I'm going to bring you some answers. Now, they're hard answers. You ain't going to like some of them. You probably say, I don't really know if I want to do that. Well, if you won't, then we just go on. You know, God's good. Things are going great. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying there's more. There's always more with Jesus, amen? And you should be asking for more, not in a whiny, complaining way, but in a, Lord, I love you, and I know you love me, and I know there's more, right? So come on, somebody. Poke your neighbor and say, come on now. Get ready. He's going to preach something hard here, but you're going to receive it, or I'm going to hold you down till you do. Oh, anyway, uh, let's, just, let's, let's start with a word of prayer, and then I'll, I'll start right in here. Lord, I just pray, God, this morning that you would minister to your people through me. God, I know I am uh, far uh, unequipped and unable, God, in and of myself, but you've called me, God. And so if you've called me, then you've, you've, you've equipped me with what I need. So help me, Lord, to be your spokesman this morning. Let me speak your words and not my own because your word says if I'll speak worthy and not worthless words, you'll make me your spokesman. So do that this morning, God. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Acts chapter 4. 32 through 35, and I hope they have those up there in, yeah, it, sa it says NASV, it's actually NASB, New American Standard Bible, but that's okay. But I, I want, I, I, all the different versions are good, amen? There's lots of good stuff in there. I like this one, it's the best word for word, so we don't even have this on there anymore, so thank you, Yvonne, she's not here this morning, but she had to type all that in, because it wasn't even there. All right, so... Let's just start with this, verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 32 to 35. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds to the, of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each to the extent that any had need. Now, just poke your neighbor and say, don't worry, he's not calling you to commune living, okay? I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. But the spirit of what they were doing should be alive in the church today. 
And I propose to you the reason we don't see power in the church is there's a lack of unity in the church. God wants, so my first point right there, you can just go to that first point if you want. Unity in the church results in overflow of Holy Spirit power. Unity in the church results in the overflow of Holy Spirit power. Something was happening because we we see in Acts chapter 5, just a little bit later, and it's on your notes there, and great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard about these things. What what caused the fear? Well, let me back up. It's not on there. I'm just going to give you Adam's shorter version because it's a, a story. But Ananias and Sapphira had come into the church and told the apostles that they sold the land and here's all the money. Now, that would have been fine if that was the truth, but it was a lie. And they lied to the apostles and they lied to the Holy Spirit and said, this is all the money. Now, Peter tells them when when Ananias comes in, he says, is this really all the money? Did you really, you know, is it, oh yeah, that's everything. You know, it's, uh, again, this is Adam's abridged version. Okay, but you know, and, and, and Peter says, it would have been okay if you'd have just said, this is not everything, but here's what I'm giving, right? God's not asking you to do more than you're able to do. But he is asking you to do all that you are able to do. Amen? And sometimes we fall short of that. See, I believe this, this, this verse, that we, the verses we just read about everybody having everything. Can I tell you something? We are blessed in this church because a larger number of folks are faithful in their tithes and their offerings. We're blessed. That's why the church has paid off. That's why we're moving and growing. That's why there's going to be a a new parking lot. That's why we got 400 chairs in here the other day, right? That's why we're growing because God's doing something. But can I tell you something? Let's say it's 20%. I don't know what it really is. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, most churches are blessed. If you got 20, 25% of folks giving, that's a really big deal because most churches don't have that. But what if 50% of us, could we double? What we're doing? What if everybody? Come on now. Because here's the deal. What you do in your life affects me in my life. And what I do in my life affects you in your life. And if I'm lying to God, it's affecting you. And if I'm holding back from God, it's affecting you. And if you're holding back from God, it's affecting me and it's also affecting you, right? It's affecting, right? If I'm, and the same thing for me. If I'm lying to God, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting myself, Amen. So we are one body called to God, different things we're called to do, but, but we're one body, right? The toe needs the eye to tell it where, to, you know, not to kick itself into the, the door, amen? We need each other, and we need to be in one accord, and I'm just throwing that out there. I know this is hard. No one likes to talk about tithing. Because people get upset and people want to go, oh, well, uh, that's Old Testament and blah, 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 blah. Can I just tell you baloney? Because here's what my Bible says in the New Testament. Jesus said, give me everything. I want it all. He will give you the free gift of salvation for free. He paid it all. He did it all. But there, there's, there's a thing on there. Come on. All he's asking back is your life, every bit of it. But when you do, when you fully surrender to God, there is joy unspeakable. Amen? You, if you don't have the joy of the Lord, 
I just tell you, get in your prayer closet and say, God, what am I holding back? What do I need to do? Because I don't have that joy, and I want it. He'll show you. He'll show you. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to do that, and he wants us to have unity. So anyway, so Ananias does this, and he drops dead. Boop, they're, they're dragging him out. Before they even get him dragged out, his wife comes in, tells the same lie. Boop, she's dead. If that happened in the church today, do you think great fear would come over the church? Uh, honey, make sure you tell the truth. It doesn't matter what we did or didn't do. Tell the truth. Right? And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard about these things. Can I tell you something? That's also something that's lost in the church today is real fear of God. And I ain't talking about reverence and all. I'm talking about fear. Jesus has the power not just to take your life, but to throw your soul into hell. And my Bible says that's the one we should fear is God who has, right? Don't fear the one who can take your life. Fear the one who can take your life and throw your soul into hell. Satan can't throw your soul into hell. He can't do it. He can entice you. He can try to get you to make the wrong decision. Nobody goes to hell because God made them go to hell. They go to hell because they choose the wrong thing. They choose to follow Satan. They choose to agree and do his will. And I'm coming to that at the end of this message. So let me just get back into it. So, but I just want to say before I leave that, what would happen if we really truly had a fear of God? Can I tell you what, what, what might happen in your life is this, because it's happened in mine. You might go, well, if I mess up, not only do I hurt myself, I'm going to hurt my wife. And my life doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to him. So first of all, I'm going to hurt my God, right, who gave his life for me so I don't have to go to hell. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If he never does one more thing, has he done enough? Right? So, but I'm going to hurt her. I'm going to hurt my kids. I'm going to hurt my extended family. I'm going to hurt all my friends. I'm going to hurt you, my church. Man, that should keep us on the straight and narrow. That should make you say, I'm not going to sin. And if I did sin a little, I'm going to back up and say, Lord, forgive me and get it right. Amen? Before you fall utterly, don't fall completely. That's what, that, that's what the Bible says. So just be encouraged, man. You know, matter of fact, I'll throw a little plug in here just for fun. So my buddy Eric's here again this morning. He's here most every Sunday. We play in a band. It's called Wrath or Mercy. Some people say, oh, that sounds terrible. You shouldn't say that. Can I tell you something? The wrath of God is supposed to lead you to his mercy. Every time God comes with power and with, with, with convincing and with fire, it's so that you get right because he loves you. He wants to pour his mercy out upon you. But if you're living the way that some people are living, it, it requires wrath first, then the mercy. Amen? So if you're not doing anything uh, a week from Saturday, come downtown and hear us play. We're going to play at the Mosey. And uh, yes, we feel called to the lost. I love what we do here. Amen? I love what we do here, but that's for the church. But we feel called to the lost. Matter of fact, we've been talking to some folks. I talked to Tom Camp. This last Wednesday morning, he's going to help us get into the prisons. That's what I have a heart to do. I want to go in there. Somebody needs to. Come on. So, 
And yes, our music's a little harder, but we are singing about Jesus and we make it clear. It's clear. It's not, it's not, not obvious. It's, it's obvious. Okay? So unity in the church. This is something really, really important. Verse 12 there on your notes. At the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. Who's the rest? The rest of the followers, the rest of the people who were supposed to be Christians were afraid to hang out for a little while. Amen? Because they knew, oh, man, if I haven't got any mess up. You ever been in a situation like that? You ever been in a service like that? I have. I can remember going to revival and being like, now, Lord, I know I'm right, but I still feel like I need to go to that altar. <laughs> right? Come on. You should, you should feel like that sometimes in your life. I said it earlier, the altar should not be a place that's unfamiliar to the Christian. Man, we've lost something, church, when we don't come. When people are calling, when Owen's given an impassionate call for you to come, when I'm saying that, when somebody else is saying that, when Melissa's saying that, she's leading, man, come on, can I tell you, that's your moment. And sometimes you've got to step out of your seat and walk a few feet and get to the altar for God to do something. Because sometimes it's happening here and it may not be happening back out there. I've seen it time and time again. God comes in a wave and I've seen it go through the church like that, but it, it starts at the altar. Mm-hmm. God's good. Verse 14, and increasingly believers in the Lord, large numbers of men and women were being added to their number to such an extent that even that they even carried the sick out into the streets. <laughs> what if this happened? <laughs> and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on any of them. Because we're told in some of the other gospels, that's all it took. The shadow fell on them and boop, they got healed. Wouldn't that be something? Sometimes, you know, we think it's a person. We want to go, go over here. I'm not against that. If, if, you, if you feel like God's telling you to go somewhere to, for someone to pray for you, that's, that's fine. But can I just tell you something? I'm waiting on the day when we're just worshiping God. And somebody with a broken back just goes and gets up out of their wheelchair and goes, Woo! I feel good. I knew that I would. Oh. Wow. They might scream and shout. You never know. <laughs> but that could happen. The people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together as well, bringing people who were sick or tormented with unclean spirits, and some of them, most of them were getting healed. Oh, that, that's not what it said. And they were all being healed. All being healed. I haven't seen that yet, have you? I've seen some getting healed. I've seen a few. Not sure what's up with that, but I, I want to see all. Can I tell you something? If, you, if your heart says yes, we can do it. God can do it. But you know what? It's going to take unity in the church. It's going to take us living sacrificially for one another. See, honestly, if you do the math, if every church that truly believed in Jesus Christ would take three families and provide for them a home, provide for them food, if they're on welfare, take them. We have no need for welfare in this, in this United States. None. Do you hear me? Three families, every church that really, truly believes in Jesus. That's not all the churches. That's just, all, just the ones that really, truly believe in Jesus. Are you with me? Think about that for just a minute. That's pretty amazing. Well, why? Why isn't that happening? Well, I don't know. Well, let's pray about that. Let's seek the Lord about that. Let's find out how God wants to make things like that happen. Amen? 
because he does. But we got to start with unity with us. Amen? Because you don't want to bring people in to a situation where there's not unity. And are you with me? Right? Like if I want people to walk in those doors and get healed just because they walked in the doors because God's just hanging out here, well, we need to do some things to cultivate that kind of atmosphere where God says, hey, I'm going to go hang out there. I want to hang out there all the time. Man, Owen's praying again. Woo! I'm getting me some of that. I like that. Right? Are you with me? We got to cultivate that. We have to do something to encourage that to happen. All right. Well, let me move on. Let me move on. Number two, disagreements and disputes in the body of Christ hinder the spirit by causing division. Disagreements and disputes in the body of Christ hinder the spirit by causing division. You see, the enemy, you can leave that up there for a while so people can get it. It's a lot of words there, but the enemy does not have to attack us from without if he can get us to attack each other from within. It's that simple thing Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so can I just tell you, Right now, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what you got against your brother or sister in this church, you need to leave it at the altar. I don't care what it is. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care how bad it hurt. Myself included. Like, God's been working on me, man. God, Owen knows this. We've been talking about how much he's helping me to forgive some things that were really, really, really hurtful. But I'll get to that at the end. Hang on. We're coming there, Okay. But disagreements and disputes in the body of Christ hinder the spirit by causing division. All the enemy has to do is get us to argue amongst ourselves, to disagree, to hate one another, to tear each other down. And can I just tell you, let me give you a little recipe. Anybody comes to you and says, did you hear what Carla did? Did you hear what, did you hear what Melissa said to Addison in the hall the other day? You need to say, you need to shut your mouth right now and you need to go to, him, go to them. If you really got a problem, you go to them. Don't be talking. And they didn't say anything. I'm just, I'm using them as they because I love them and they love me and we can, I can do that, okay? So there's nothing there. <laughs> but, but, but I'm just saying, when somebody says something, you need to stop them. If it's gossip, you need to stop them. Hey, and you hear something about somebody else, can I just tell you something? You need to believe the best about that person until it's proven otherwise. That's not just in the courts of law. That's in the heart of God. Two or three witnesses, right? So until that time, you better be behind the person that you know, that, you, that has been the friend, that has been the, are you with me? Man, we should, we should stand up for one another. You hear something like that, you ought to say, I don't believe that about him. He wouldn't do that. Don't tell me that. Now, you need to go to them and talk, because if you don't, I'm going to. I'm with, are you with me? We need to stand up for each other. We need to say, no, 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 that's not happening in this church. Uh-uh. You're not going to tear somebody down without me at least getting in the way and saying, no, you won't. That's what we need to be doing. There should not be these disagreements and disputes. All right, so the thing is, yes, there's going to be sometimes some disagreements. So what do we do? Because we're people. And people are people, right? And what's that thing one says all the time? Hurting people hurt people? What do we got to do when there's a dispute? Let's look at number three. 
Number three, we must follow God's way to correct and mend relationships. We must follow God's way to correct and mend relationships. Matthew 18, 15 through 17 says, Now if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. In private, in private, in private, in private. Are you with me? Do not go to them in public. That is wrong. Go to them in private. You got something against somebody, you go one-on-one in private. Call them up, say, hey, can we go get a Coke? Take them out, get a Coke. Get a cup of coffee. Say, hey, man, this happened. I'm concerned about it. Talk to me about it. Tell me if, is this so? Right? Like, go in with the attitude of, like, I'm not really sure. Amen? Amen? Don't go in like you know everything. Go in like you're, maybe you're not really sure. Just go in and, but, but talk to him. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And that means your pastor, okay? And if he refuses to even listen to church authority is what I would say, he is to be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And can I just tell you, you can trust that Pastor Owen or I or someone else on staff, if you come to us, if these things have happened and you followed this thing, there's been once or twice we've had to say to folks, we love you, we think you might be happier elsewhere because this is what's happened and you won't seem to want to change, right? When someone's unrepentant and they're caught in a sin and they won't change, man, there's the door. I, I, I don't need you here. Now, that may sound uncaring to some of you, but can I tell you, that's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Now, what Adam says, right, you go to him, you try to restore them. We're, we're coming to that in a minute, right? You try to help them come back, but if they won't, if they just are belligerent and they won't, man, there's the door. We don't need you here. You're, you're not helping. You're, you're disrupting our unity. Amen? Come on, somebody. Touch your neighbor, say amen. All right. So there's, there's an order given there. And can I just say real quick too, I believe this two or more witnesses means two or more eyewitnesses. I'm not talking about two or more of your buddies who just going to back you up. Are you with me? I mean two or more people who've seen the same problem. Yes, I'm concerned about the ESFC. Maybe you should go to somebody you don't really know but you know that they're aware of things that are going on in the church. Are you with me? Okay. That's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do these things. Man, I'm blowing through this this morning. Woo, we might get out early. But probably not because maybe God wants to do some business at the end. I don't know. I've been in services before where people actually went to one another and got some stuff right. What would happen if that happened here this morning? I'm just throwing that out there as a maybe. I don't know. We'll see what God wants to do. So number one there, under, under three there, is go to them one-on-one. There's a proper order to doing this. Go to them one-on-one. If that doesn't work, if they won't get it right, if they're not going to change, if they say, I don't care what you say, I'm not listening to you, then get one or two more witnesses, and again, eyewitnesses, people that know the same thing, not just your buddies, okay? Now, if that doesn't work, and only if those first two things have been tried, then you come to me or Pastor Owen or Pastor Taylor, amen? 
Come on, somebody. People go run to their pastor when somebody upsets them, and it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. Every time it's wrong. Okay? The pastor is not called to fix those problems first. He's called to fix those problems when that person will not do what is right. He's called to come in and be the hammer when it has to be done. But you're supposed to go gently and with an attitude to restore. We're coming to that. Are you with me? There, there, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this thing. So all these things I'm telling you right here, go to them one-on-one, go to them one or two more witnesses, go to the church staff if that doesn't work. And further refusal should lead to expulsion from the church. That's what the Bible says. And can I promise you it will happen? I'm just saying, if that has to happen, there's not a problem there. And Pastor Owen has big shoulders. He is not afraid to stand in the gap, and neither am I, okay? We will shoulder to shoulder him and I throw somebody out if we have to. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Never had to do that. Never had to do that. I saw my dad do that once back when I was cutting hair. These two guys were sharing a funny story. These two guys were sharing a tanning package, and that was illegal at the time, and dad just had enough. They were arguing with my mom, which is like, you don't do that, okay? All right. And when I saw this, I knew we're in trouble now. You guys are going to get hurt. And he didn't have to hurt him. He just grabbed the one guy by the back of the hair and the back of the pants and head first out the door. There comes a time and a place you throw them out. That was my business. That was not the church. No, that was, that was our place of business. That was my dad's place of business. But, but, but he, was the, he was the authority there. Are you with me? And the authority here will do likewise, but we'll do it gently. We'll just show him the door. We won't throw him head first out the door. Okay. I love my dad. I miss my dad. You guys, anybody else lost your dad a while back? It's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard. He was a good man. And he was right. He was right to do that. Are you with me? There's a time and a place when you, church, can I just tell you something? I mean, I'm going to get off on some stuff Owen's been saying, but can I tell you something? The time may be coming. You better, if you don't know how to fight, go take some kung fu classes, okay? Or buy a, or buy a big gun or both. I'll probably get in trouble for that. So, But there comes a time and a place where as believers, we may have to defend one another. Are you with me? I'm just saying. I hope, I hope that never happens. I hope, hope Jesus comes and gets us before all that. Taylor and I were talking this week. We're like, well, I used to be a pre-trib. I'm kind of a mid-trib now. I wish I was still a pre-trib because, man, that was so much better. Thinking that, oh, he's going to come and get me first. But I just, I don't know. I read the Bible and I go, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I, it seems like there got to be three comings of Christ if that happens. So I don't, anyway, we can argue about that some other time. Let me get to this last point because this is where I want to spend the most time. Number four, and I should have underlined forgiveness and restoration. So go ahead. You can underline those yourself if you want. Forgiveness and restoration must be the goal. See, any time that there is correction being brought in the church, whether it's you, whether it's a couple of people with you, whether it's coming from church authority, the goal is always restoration. It is not expulsion. That is not our goal. That's never our goal. That's the last resort. You don't ever want to get to that. Amen? 
We want people to be restored and to say, oh, I'm so sorry I did that. And the other person say, look, I'm sorry I said that. And they come back together and we see restoration and we lock arms and go on for Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's what should be happening. But the problem is it's not our goal because we want to be right. I'm right. Can I tell you something? In the dark night of my soul, when I was really desperate for God, God came and spoke to me, and this is what he said to me. Adam, do you want to be right, or do you want to get well? You might want to write that down. You want to be right, or do you want to get well? You want to be right, or do you want to get well? It don't matter who's right. I want to get well. (laughs) I said, okay, Lord, I'm done being right. I want to get well because this stinks. I don't like being here. It was not fun. (laughs) And can I tell you, from that moment on, restoration began. But God had to bring me to that place where I was really listening. Oh, can I tell you, (laughs) if you won't listen when he comes the first time, he'll start shutting stuff off. Those things that brought you joy, won't bring you joy anymore. And all those voices that were speaking, they won't call you no more. He will shut it off till you are alone, 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 if that's what it takes. And that's when he says, you want to be right or do you want to get well? Man, can I tell you, church, he wants you to get well. His heart is that you get well. He don't want to punish anybody. God loves you. He didn't come and die on the cross so he could punish you for sin and send you to hell. That's not his desire. He came so you could have life and life abundantly, amen? More, better life here and a life after here, amen, with him. That's right, that's right. Come on. Come on, that ought to give you some joy. He came to give us life. He came to restore us. There was no way we could be restored without Jesus. There was no way. The chasm was far too wide. It was far too wide. And only a cross that fell across that chasm with Jesus on it could make a bridge for you and I to get to God. Amen? Whew. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you. He's starting to move right now. You better get ready. Because I don't know what's about to happen. But I just say, Jesus, do whatever you want. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want. Now, Matthew 18, 21 through 22, let's read these verses, and then I got a little extra thing I want to share with you towards the end here. Then Peter came up and said to them, said to him, Lord, how many times shall my brother sin against me and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 77 times, up to 70 times seven, is, we should say, right? 70 times seven, what's that, 49 times in one day for the same sin. Now, now, hang on. Not just any sin, not just this sin and that sin and this sin. No, the same sin 49 times in one day. That's what he's saying if you break down the Greek, okay? He's saying 49 times for that one sin every day. Come on, somebody. You, you and I can't forgive like that, but the Holy Spirit through you can. Amen? And we got to learn. We got to learn. It's not easy. We got to learn that. Matthew 5, 23, 24 
says, therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. This is the other side of this. So sometimes you got to go to somebody because they've done something wrong, right? And sometimes you've done something wrong and they got something against you. And what does it just say there? You leave your offering and go to them. Ooh, this is the hard part right here. We don't like to do that. We, we, we like it when they're wrong and we're going to take them before the church. We're going to straighten them out, right? That part comes easier. This part comes harder. But it's a balance, amen? God is saying, if somebody's got some, can I just tell you, so many fights and disagreements could be solved in the church. If we would just in love go to one another, say, hey, man, this happened, and I, I don't really understand it, and I... I feel like you're upset with me because of this. I did I did I hurt you? Did I harm you? Did I what did I do? Let's are you with me? But we don't do that. Well, why don't we do that? We should do that. We should do that. See, I'll tell you, it works pretty well on staff here because if, if Owen's got something with me, he knows he can just come in my office and say, Hey man, you said this and I really don't like that you said that. It really it upset me. Did I misunderstand you? Did we right? And we can work it out. But that needs to be happening in the body too, amen? amen. Not just in the not just in the pastoral staff, amen. It needs to be all of us. Be, and we ain't perfect. <laughs> if you if you've been, Owen's close, Taylor and I are, Taylor and I are a long way off, okay? But, amen. amen. That's all right. Taylor's Taylor's not that far off. I'm I'm the farthest one away. It's probably it's me. It's, yeah, that's okay. I I I I accept that. But just remember, he who's forgiven much loves much. So I know how to love Jesus. I know how to love on him. I've been forgiven a lot, about a lot. So let's read that last verse there, Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Brothers and sisters, even if a person is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, in a spirit of gentleness, in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you're not tempted as well. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Can I tell you, years ago, when a couple of really famous Jimmys fell, people were saying all this stuff, and I'll never forget, I said to somebody, I said, a lot's being said about what they did, but what about you and me, man? Are we, really, are we? Looking to ourselves, are we better? Are we, or should we go like, wow, that should be a wake-up call. Anybody could fall. Woo, I better get it right now. Because Satan will wait. See, Satan is not stupid. He's, he's stupid in the sense that he knows what's coming, but he's too stupid to accept it. So, yeah, and that's it. But, I mean, he's crafty. He's, 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 he's out to get you, and he'll wait. He'll wait till your sphere of influence has grown and grown and grown, and then that's when he comes. So can I tell you, as it's growing, as your sphere of influence is growing, get things right when, when things come along and you need to make them right. Get them right with God. Get them right with your family. Get them right with your friends. Get them right with people in the church. Amen? This is when we need to do the right things. Okay. So real quick, and we got plenty of time here. I want to give you, and this is where you got to write on those extra lines that Yvonne left you there. Four steps 
to biblical peacemaking. You can write that down if you want. Or four G's if you want to write four G's. They all start with G. I like that kind of stuff. Makes it easy to remember. Four G's to biblical peacemaking. And, and as you're writing that, can I just say there's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And I wrote this down so I get it right. But a peacekeeper will compromise even the truth so everybody can kind of agree. A peacekeeper. We are not called to be peacekeepers, people. We're called to be peacemakers. So let me, let me read you what I wrote down because I get it right. Peacekeepers seek to compromise, even sometimes setting aside truth to avoid conflict. Peacemakers confront falsehood with truth in an attitude of love, knowing that godly truth leaves no room for compromise. Oh, what about that? That's a whole different thing. A peacemaker is what we are called to be. See, if I really love you and the car's on fire, I'm not going to argue with you about whether you want to get out of the car or not. I'm going to pull you out of the car. When you see somebody headed for hell, you don't need to argue with them about whether they want to get their life right or not. You just need to do everything you have to do, and maybe it's on your knees, to pull them from the car. Right? You see somebody walking with a blindfold on towards a cliff, you can go to them, pull the blindfold off, tell them there's a cliff. If they keep walking, well, then that's on them. Okay? But you should do everything in your power to turn them back. You should do everything in your power to bring forgiveness, to bring restoration, to bring healing to the situation. This is what we're called to do. Are you with me? So four steps to biblical peacemaking. Number one, glorify God. Number one, glorify God. We should ask ourselves when we have a difference of opinion with someone, how do I best please and honor God in this situation? How do I best please and honor God in this situation? That needs to be number one. Glorify God. How do I best please and honor God in this situation? Now I'll go quick, kind of here just because of the time. So if, if you want these, come see me at the end. I'll give them to you. The next one is another G. Get the log out. Get the log out. I remember when Eric and I were in back in the day when we were both at a Christian college and they, a guy did a skit and it was so funny about Logman. He was a, a superhero. Logman. Dun, 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 dun. He had a log in his eye. <laughs> and this guy was carrying around this log and he's trying to help people. Well, you can't. And <laughs> you can't. So get the log out. Number one, so number two there is get the log out. Confess my own sin to God. And sometimes, I say sometimes, 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 not all the time, sometimes, go to the other person. Are you with me? I'll come back to that, but we don't always want to do that. If they don't know, I'll just finish it right here. If they don't know that you've had these bad feelings about them, don't think that just to make yourself feel better, you need to go to them. Well, come on. That ain't right. No, 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 no. If they don't know anything, just take that to the grave with you. Just take it to the grave. You don't need to. No, that, that doesn't help anybody. Now, if they know about it, then yeah, go, go, go make it right. Maybe you need to go to them. Confess your own sin to God first. Then help remove the speck. Number three, gently restore. Gently restore. The goal must be to restore the one who wronged us to God even if they don't want to be right with us, if they don't want to stay with us, if they don't. The goal needs to be to get them right with God. Come on, somebody. This is, this is really important right here. 
it doesn't matter if you do all the other things right. If you're not going in gentleness and in love with a desire to restore them, it isn't going to work. You're not going to be successful. Yeah, everybody, we all hear their ringing. Just put that aside. I don't know where it's coming from. It's not this. <laughs> Wee. Oh, is that an E flat? I don't know, E flat. Anyway, okay, number four. Number four, go and be reconciled. Go and be reconciled. Do all we can to forgive and mend relationship. Go and be reconciled. Do all we can to forgive. So I'll just, real quick, those G's were glorify God, get the log out, gently restore, go and be reconciled. And I'm going to close with this. And I hope this is going to set somebody free this morning. But remember, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And I wrote it down so I get it right. And rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Keeping in mind the offender was likely being influenced by demonic forces. Come on. Listen, I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care how bad or how evil it was. It is. It was. Whatever. Okay. We need to remember that person, if they love God and they've done wrong, was being influenced by the enemy some way, somehow. Now, what that should do is help you forgive because it wasn't just them. Okay, they played a part, yes. Do they need to make it right? Yes. Do they? But even if they won't, even if they don't, you can let go and forgive because you know it really wasn't just them. Satan was behind it. The enemy was stirring them up to do that. The enemy was encouraging them to cheat on you. The enemy was encouraging them to lie about you. The enemy was encouraging them to speak ill about you to somebody else, right? Okay, that, that's the enemy was doing that. And that should help you. I know it helped me tremendously. When God showed me that, I'm like, whoa, I've read this a million times, Lord, but wow. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. It is not just them. It's what's behind that that we need to learn to forgive them about. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's just close with this. Now, let me, before, before I finish, let me go back and, and, and again say, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you go to the other person. Do not leave this place and go to somebody to make things right if they don't even know about it. If it's not affecting their life, but it just makes you feel better, no, don't do that. That is wrong. It's wrong every time. Just go to God, leave it at the altar. God will forgive you, God will restore, and you just go on with, with life, right? And you're not harming them. But if you need to go to somebody, friend, don't hesitate. Don't wait on them to come to you. That's, that's ridiculous. Can I just say, that's, that's really babyish. It's really childish. You know, you got a problem, you need to go to them. Even if they won't, even if they, right? Even if you're the one who was right, but you want to get well, go to them. Confess your sin. I did that. You can do that. You can go to that person that really, really wounded you and say, you know, I know I, I hurt you too. I know I, I, maybe I did something. Maybe I, I'm so sorry. And be sincere. Can I tell you, man, God will bring healing to you when you do that. Because wishing something bad on somebody else it's like poison. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It does not work like that. 
So with every head bowed, every eye closed, can I just, let's just pray like this. Lord, if any of us here this morning in honesty would stand before you and say, Lord, I've got somebody I need to forgive or Lord, I've got somebody I got to go to and ask them to forgive me. Just put your hand up, take it right back down. I'm not gonna have you come to the altar. Come on, yes, 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 come on. All across this room, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, there's still time, come on. Come on, Jesus is calling. He's calling right now. Come on, now's your time. This is the start. You start now and then you're gonna follow through. Come on, anybody else? Somebody's wounded you and you need to go to them or you know you've wounded somebody and you need to go to them, come on. Or you just need to get it right with God. Maybe you're not gonna go to them, but you just need to today, by raising your hand, say, Lord, I realize I I can't go to them, but I just give it to you and ask you to forgive me for my part. Amen? Come on, anybody wanna say that? Put your hand up, take it right back down. Yeah, anybody else? Yes. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just pray this way. Father, we recognize that we are fallen individuals who have been redeemed by your blood, by your grace. We're not who we used to be, and we need to step up and live that life you're calling us to. You're always saying, come up here, there's another level. There's a, And that's what you're saying to us this morning. Can I just say that to you prophetically this morning? God is saying to you, come up, there's another level. When you do this, there's another level waiting on you. He's going to bring us up as a church a level when we do this, if we all do this. So if you raised your hand, I want you to purpose in your heart. You're going to go to them. You're going to make it right, whatever it is. Amen? Lord, I just pray for this body. I thank you, God, for the gift of being one who can speak to them. I know I'm not worthy of that, except that you called me, except that you you said I am. So I am only because of you. But Lord, so much as I have the authority to do, I pray a blessing over them, God. I pray, Lord God, that they be able to forgive, Lord, that we as a body would begin to have unity among ourselves, that we be faithful with our giving, that we be faithful with our loving of one another, that we be faithful with helping the poor, that we be faithful with reaching the lost, that we be faithful with making things right with one another when we make mistakes. So, Lord, I pray that blessing over us as we go today. And, Lord, I just pray your word now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the only wise God, our Savior, both now and ever be dominion. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you guys. You're blessed. Be blessed. You are released.